You're going to find that many of the foods we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. SWOTOR Reforged is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweakedAudio.com. Hey, welcome back, guys. This is Star Wars Reforged, The Holonet, Episode 2. I am your host, Evarwin. Today's record date is September 5th, Wednesday, September 5th. It was patch day today. Yes, it was. And that wonderful voice you're hearing is the one and only Lewis Lore Master Olan, my number two on this awesome news broadcast. Hello, Ivarwin. Thank you for the warm welcome. Hello, everyone. Indeed, indeed. All right, so let's let's break into it. Here's your major headlines for August 29th to September 5th. <laughs> oh, R2. Okay, Terror from Beyond revealed Thursday. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We intentionally cheese this show up. <laughs> Thursday, August 30th, a developer blog was posted on SWOTOR.com by Jesse Sky, the lead operations and Flashpoint designer, announcing details regarding a new operation called Tower From Beyond. Now, that in itself is not necessarily news, but what follows is... Yes! There is a new tier of operation, and it will award a new set of tier gear. You need to be geared from explosive conflict in order to walk in the place just out of the outset. So this isn't for the faint of heart, nor for the new raider in Tor. It will. It was also stated that as you go further into the operation, augments on your gear will become vastly more important. It will debut with update 1.4, and a story mode will be available. But it will not be a walk through the park, as we were told in the post. Now, the post also describes the counters inside, and I quote, Terror from Beyond offers five new major boss encounters that will challenge even the most highly coordinated groups of players. In keeping with previous operations, Terror from Beyond includes one puzzle encounter that really steps outside of the bounds of what you normally see in a boss fight. To defeat this new enemy, players will need to work together to repair a massive ancient Gree computer from within the machine itself. Unlike previous puzzle encounters, where the solutions were relatively easy to figure out, this one has players leveraging their particular group in composition to control a chaotic situation. No release update for <laughs> no release date for update 1.3 is available at this time. Alright. Matt Bromberg speaks on free to play. This past Thursday on August 30th. At CVG, which is the Computer and Video Games Com website, they interviewed Matt Bromberg, who is Bioware Austin's newly appointed GM. And he was asked if the free-to-play model for Solar Tour will generate more money for Bioware. 
And this is his answer. And I quote, I don't know. <laughs> Period. Obviously, we are a business, and we have to go to that business. But my primary intention is to make as many people play this beautiful game that we've made. It just so happens that the business will naturally grow as more people come to play the game. But we're not trying to squeeze every single penny out of it. Unquote. Now, CBG also asked about LucasArts and how they felt about the game going free to play. Since LucasArts holds the license, obviously, and they receive a royalty on subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Matt Bromberg replied by stating, and I quote, I'm not at liberty to discuss the nature of the business partnership we have with LucasArts. I can tell you that they are very involved in everything we do, unquote. Now, this is very interesting news for some of us who have wondered about the design and direction of the game and if it did, in fact, have the approval of LucasArts. Yeah, I, one thing that we've always wondered, especially regarding like the gear, um, a lot of people feel like, a lot of players feel like the, the end level tier gear is just, it's not good looking, it's ugly. And have wondered, like, you know, additionally, it doesn't really look like something you'd find from Star Wars. So how much, like, design direction did they get from LucasArts? Makes you wonder. It does, uh, It makes yeah. you wonder if LucasArts gave Bioware, which I know they've done in the past with the other games that Bioware's made, the Star Wars IP, they've given them carte blanche. And, yes, LucasArts has given their final approval in the end. But, again, as everyone just mentioned, folks, some of the things you see at Endgame or even in-game, you wonder – for, for lack of a better phrase, it how is that Star Warsy? And for me, I'm taking using a direct example. You know, the Sith Inquisitor gear just looks god awful. <laughs> mm. So I wonder how LA LucasArts approved that. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, all right. So our next headline: Bioware at PAX Prime in Seattle and Dragon Con in Atlanta. So for those of you who've made it to Atlanta and Seattle over the holiday weekend. You were in good company for Bioware had a presence at PAX Prime and Dragon Con. The publisher of our beloved MMO, Star Wars The Old Republic, hosted many panels all weekend long. The subjects of these panels were widely based in video game creation and the behind-the-scenes processes and strategies involved in today's gaming industry. You can view their pictures from the events at their blog at http colon forward slash forward slash blog dot bioware dot com and our next headline the Tawn Fawn Twitter contest this past Friday on August 31st their Twitter feed at Swotor the official account for Star Wars or Republic stated you want a chance to win your very own event exclusive Tawn Fawn I do I do too we'll be tweeting out a code later today be the first to claim it and win so far, no winners were announced, but they did say, if you were not the winner, you can check back each Friday for another chance to win. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I know someone did actually win that, um, but they don't they don't announce it on Twitter. And the, the nice thing about this is that every Friday, you'll get the chance to actually win. So, so watch their Twitter feed, um, which is at SWOTOR, S-W-T-O-R. All right. Whole Hood asks on Twitter, speaking of which... If we create more companions after HK fifty, should I do should I do the announcer thing like I did for the other for the other guy? I think you should. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All Hood asks on Twitter: If we create more companions after HK fifty one, what are some people, aliens, droids you'd like to see join your crew? <laughs> he replied with your most popular answers, which happens to be the most popular answers right now seem to be astromech droids and 
Rodians. Second most requested companions include Huts, Ewoks, Voss, <laughs> Ortolians, Grey Jedi, and Character Alts. And in case, uh, if you were wondering, and Fred, I'm sure you're wondering, Gungans had one vote. <laughs> wow, one vote. One vote. <laughs> I'm angry. That's zero votes. It Sorry. shouldn't have been one. <laughs> it shouldn't have been one at all. Who's that guy that voted once? It was probably Fred. <laughs> Just spiteful. Darn it, Fred. Stop that. <laughs> okay, and our last headline. Well, as you know, we had scheduled maintenance for today. Because of the holiday, they pushed it off from Tuesday, gave everyone the day off, and they did it today on Wednesday. It was a little extended, but, well, these things happen. Mm. And if you want to get a, get a glimpse of the full patch notes, just head over to the official site, swoja.com, and they'll show you everything that happened today. And even some pleasant surprises, which we have coming up later. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I was really excited about that. Mm-hmm. And in case you were wondering, it's that time. It is this week's facepalm moment. Utini, <laughs> <laughs> <Utini> indeed. <laughs> Swotor Reforged worked very hard on episode one of the Holonet news, only to be usurped by server issues from our web host. Not only did this pos- podcaster facepalm. But he also smashed his keyboard against his skull numerous times in a self-loathing rage. (laughs) (laughs) No, that really did not happen. But, you know, um, I I do apologize. The issues are still ongoing. I have no idea when you're going to be listening to this show. You know, God willing, it's sometime this week. (laughs) Yes. So hopefully tomorrow, if all goes well. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, indeed. At the very least. (laughs) All right. And here's Chewie to bring us into Around the Forums. Lou, take it away. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Today, by release information on update 1.4... And the forums have their usual reactions. Now, this is follow-up update for game update 1.4. And the bulk of it is coming from senior designer Austin Peckapow. And he shed some light for the upcoming class balance, class balances, class changes that are going to come out when 1.4 releases. Now, the big, big item, which he started off with, which is going to be the adjustments for crowd control and resolve. Okay, yeah, the big problem that they have with this now, this is the design team, all right, not not the players. They felt that currently crowd control and resolve, how it works in the game, had negatively impacted the overall philosophy and how the game should play. And this is an excerpt from the actual post that's on the Tor forums. I quote, in game update 1.4, we've made adjustments to the range of control abilities under a new philosophy. We want control to be something more readable, more predictable, and less chaotic in effect. To achieve that, control needs to require a setup, an activation time, or be close range such that the controller must overextend or broadcast their intentions in some way. Unquote. And what we have here are some quick examples of what they're looking to change. Right, for example, uh, if you use electro dart or cryo grenade, those two abilities will now have a 10-meter range. Electrocute and Force Stun will have a 10-meter range. Whirlwind and Force Lift 
they're still going to have an activation time, and they're still going to have a 30 meter range. Plasma probe and incendiary grenade will still require an effect and still have a 30 meter range. Mind trap, mind maze, sleep dart, and tranquilizer will still require stealth and still have a 10 meter range. Dirty kick and debilitate are still going to retain a 4 meter range and still have the shortest stun cooldown in the game. All right, hold on a second, Lou. Let me let me just uh, stop you right here. Um, it seems like a lot of these these ranges that you're hearing, the 10 meter range thing, is actually uh, reduced. Mo- I think um, Electro Dart and Cryo Grenade had like a 30 meter range. Yes. Okay. So basically, what it looks like is they they want you almost on top of the the enemy. In, right. And, and most of this looks like it's geared for PvP. Yes, it is. Now, now, real quick, um, before you go on to the the, the flash bra- fa- uh, flashbang and uh, flash grenade stuff, um, now I I don't have a whole lot of um, I, I don't have a um, a trooper, so I, I can't say about about um, you know some of this stuff. But what I what I can what I'm thinking of is you know if this aren't if these aren't instant casts, it's going to be very hard to be that close and actually get these things off. That's one thing that I'm, I'm wondering. Now, I know I know Force Lift and uh, Whirlwind are not instant casts, and but right. that's one that's at the 30-meter range, so that's that's cool with me. And uh, I think Cryo Grenade is an instant cast, is it not? Yes, yes it is. Alright, but Electrocute isn't. I remember there being, because I, I do have a trooper that's very low level, and I believe he's got um, oh, excuse me. Yeah, electrocute is uh, that's that's the Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. All right. So in any event, um, mind maze, sleep dart, tranquilizer—that's the uh, the bounty hunter stuff. Bounty hunter and the uh, Imperial operative. Oh, uh, the agent, I should say. Okay. Are those instant? Sleep dart, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that has to be done from stealth though, and the moment it pops, the target instantly is put to sleep. Okay. All right. So. It does seem like, as they're reducing the range, that these are actually like instant cast spells. Right. However, these, the last few I mentioned, the Mind Trap onward, those have always been 10 meter ranges, so that really doesn't adversely affect uh, those skills at all. Okay. All right. And that, that's, those are for, those are obviously for the, uh, the Consular and the Sorceress. Mm hmm. Those. Okay. Right. Well, the Flashbang and Flash Grenade are for the Operative and the uh, Trooper. Okay. Because the, the flashbang is for the uh, agent, I should say. Sorry, and the flash grenade should be for the Republic Trooper. Right. And yeah, right. The, fl- the flash grenade is an instant. That's one of the ones that I used to start off with when I was on Ord Mantel. I'd throw the flash grenade, and it would have that that couple of seconds where it stuns the guy, where he's like, you know, searching for the flash grenade or yep <laughs> on his body. He's like, what, what, what the heck was throwing at me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are ins- All right. So I mean, this doesn't seem like it's really, really bad changes it just oh. it just feels like it's something you're gonna have to get used to but i mean most of these are instant casts where they're they're decreasing the range it's still an instant cast spell so you're gonna be on top of the guy hit the button skill gets executed and there you go that's right all right all right sorry to you know soak the show up with my noobness <laughs> please continue <laughs> lou <laughs> And for resolve, again, this is going to be from Austin Peckinpah's post on the forums. It's the same within the same post he made. Mm-hmm. 
quote, we've also made adjustments to the Resolve system in game update 1.4. We've adjusted the game logic of Resolve such that simultaneous and overlapping control effects no longer nearly add together the Resolve game values. Instead, using a crowd control ability on an already controlled target now applies reasonable Resolve game values by comparing the incoming control effect to the greatest of existing control effects, unquote. Now, what this means is that... For example, if there are four of you with CC abilities, all right, and you all target the same target, what happens is that if all four of you aren't coordinated and don't choose who's going to fire off theirs first, what's going to happen is that if all four of you CC that same target at the same time, that target resolve bar is going to fill up like that because it's taking into account all four of you hitting it. Hey, boom, resolve bar is filled. Now what's going to happen is that the system is going to be in place where it's going to say, all right, four of you hitting this target at the same time, instead of filling the resolve bar up immediately, all right, it's going to say each person applying the CC will be applying a small amount at a time. All right, so if source one hits it first, all right, they're going to get this amount of their CC on the target and so on. Okay, it's no longer all four people hitting the CC will give 100%. And now, for example, Yvarwin's character now has full resolve, and now he can't be CC'd at all. Okay, so in short, basically the way this is going to work is, let's say you've got two people trying to crowd control one target, and they do it at the same time. Instead of my crowd control ability, which has a 10-second, let's just say for sake of example, a 10-second uh, a uh, long duration, It'll go down to a five-second long duration, and so will the other person, simply because we applied that same um, effect to the same target at the same time. Well, this is mostly for PvP. Uh, what's going to happen is that if you and I had the same target, if we're in our public characters, mm -hmm. and we're going after Fred on his Sith character, right. Instead of Fred's resolve bar going all the way to max because you and I popped them at the same time with our CCs, what's going to happen is that the system will be smarter and take the effect that you and I are both trying to apply a CC, and it's not going to inst instantaneously knock both of ours you know, in disregard because now Fred's immune to both of us. Now it's going to say, well, we'll take some from you, some from this guy, and make it so that you know that player doesn't become immune and therefore be able to kill either one of us or both of us at the same time because of that, because now we can no longer CC him. All right, we have some upcoming ability changes that they've outlined for sages, sorcerers, mercenaries, commandos. Uh, again, they have quite a few changes there. I would say definitely go to the forums, look up uh, Mr. Peckinpah's post on the forums. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, it's incomplete. Remember, this is just what he put out yesterday. Yeah, today. So there are still changes that are being discussed that he hasn't released yet. Right. And now they've also have what's called stealth gameplay adjustments that are coming up for 1.4. Right. And this is, again, a direct quote that same post from Austin. Quote, prior to game update 1.4, stealth classes and specs had an infiltrate and eliminate focus that effectively served solo or small team gameplay. But the specs that focused on stealth, which are infiltration, deception, uh, scrapper, concealment, they weren't valued very highly for group gameplay. In PvE, infiltration, deceptions, burst wasn't highly valued, and scrapper concealment had difficulty moving quickly between targets. 
In PvP, the community has made it clear that they want more stealth specs than the lone wolf gameplay. In the case of Infiltration Deception, the spec's fragility was of great concern to many players insofar as it didn't encourage the spec to contribute well to lengthy fights or lend support to teammates. Unquote. Okay. Now, the resulting uh, fallout from this has been um, players are venting their frustration on how these PvP changes are going to impact their PvE performance, which is understandable. Also, um, some have noticed that with every major update or patch, the class changes revolve around PvP gameplay rather than a balance between PvE and PvP, which we've noticed, you know, as well. I mean, that's that's definitely definitely true. Mm-hmm. Um, or ensuring that the PvP changes do not affect PvE at all. Uh, majority would prefer to see these proposed changes on the public test server first rather than announce this and future changes without any real-life testing done by the players and opposed to, to Bioware's internal test teams. Uh, some players are concerned that these changes so far will affect skill trees that players do not use for either running PvE or PvP just to benefit from the skill updates. Um, also, legacy names are no longer unique in the game. <gasps> this, is, <laughs> this is amazing. I love this. Um, legacy names are no longer unique. New legacies that are created are now able to use a name that is already in use on the server. All players will be able to rename their legacies once at no cost in a future update. Most posters on this thread Regard this as a backwards move from Bioware. Last names are considered the defining unique way to identify players in the game. Prior feedback from players wanted to have non-unique first names instead, not this future turnaround. At this point, some have suggested in adopting Blizzard's Battle.net tag, or Cryptic's version of excuse me, or Cryptic's version of it, where names are not unique, but the accounts attached to those names make players identifiable to each other and provide the separation. Now, however, from a role-playing standpoint, this will allow our peers to have their real-life name, uh, their real-life family members and friends to identify themselves even better. Um, as, as far as I'm concerned, I think this is a great addition. I mean, Think about your last name. There's tons of people out there with with the same last name. Why, you know, why would this be lore breaking or uh, you know any any different in any way? Right. I don't see how it is how it is lore breaking or immersion breaking at all. This is, I guess, a common sense feature. I mean, real world, lots of people have the same last name. Lots of people have the same first names. Yeah. You know, Ivarwin. Not Evarwin. <laughs> not Evarwin's not the girl he uses and his QGN life. Hey. <laughs> All right. Evarwin and I share, you know, a first name that, wow, believe it or not, thousands, hundreds of thousands, not millions of people share throughout the world. And even our last names in real life, like, <laughs> are shared by hundreds of thousands of people around the world. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't see where this is a problem unless it gets to the point where it's ridiculous. I mean, if it gets vulgar, disgusting, yeah, I would definitely report that person. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, that's, that's different. That's different. But I mean, you know, as, as far as this is concerned, I think this is a great move, and I applaud Bioware for for making for making this step. Um, all right, and we've got point number three, Lou. Yes, today in the patch notes, 
There's a little social up gear update from Allison Berryman. Little update. Little update. Just a little update. <laughs> now, in a pleasant surprise, today's update saw the Social Gear Awards from the latest live event, the Grand Acquisition Race, made, made by a Legacy. Okay, now, I believe this is also going to extend to other Social Gear, hopefully. Woohoo. Right? Because originally, if you did partake in the Acquisitions Race live event, you had to complete the event on multiple characters or send the event tokens to your alts in order to purchase any of the pieces of the gear, whether you want it, which is the Sand People outfit that was there, the blood red one, which is a nicer version of the regular Sand People gear, I must say. Hmm. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're going to be allowed to send it across any of your characters from the same legacy. So, for example, Mike, for me, I have some of the pieces on my Marauder. If I get sick of that look on my Marauder, I can send it to my Inquisitor if I want. Or, heck, I'll send it to my Trooper. Even though she's cross-faction. That's right. You can send it cross-faction too. As long as your character's on the same legacy, hey, yeah. the hand-me-downs. It's a beautiful thing. A it's virtual hand-me-down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing indeed. I mean, uh, you, you earn it once and you can uh, send it off to, to all of your different alts. And uh, without without penalty or, or any other issue, I mean it's it's exactly. it's amazing. Yeah, it no longer takes space in your inventory in your bank. You actually can send it to your characters and give it new life. Oh yeah. All right, and that brings us to the expanded universe. Star Wars fans, perk those ears up. Here we go. Trademark terms give rise to speculation. Tuesday, August twenty eighth, Lucasfilm secretly trademarked the term first assault, giving rise to speculation. What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? What's First Assault? Most Star Wars fan sites are assuming it could be the title of a new video game, much like Star Wars 1313 was back in the beginning of the summer, when that was first trademarked and people saw it and started, you know, kind of wondering what that could be. Um, the trademark is for interactive software, computer games, books, and toys. So, I mean, I, I think it's, it's probably a good idea that it's going to be <laughs> a video game. What, I really hope it's something akin to Battlefront. That's just me. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if that's going to be the name of the uh, expansion for Tor. Yeah, because as you know, Lou, as you brought up in, in uh, episode 10 on Monday, we're at a point where, you know, the war has reignited between the Empire and and the Republic. You know what I mean? So, First Assault would be an interesting term for, for that. that yes, that's that's very true. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably hey, wrong, but it would be great if I was right. <laughs> hey, you know what? I say run with it, because that's actually, that would be an excellent, excellent suggestion, because think about it, we're almost the one-year mark of the game. Right. And most games, most MMOs, have always had an expansion of some sort, roughly like just after the year anniversary, maybe a year, year and a half. Or even when it goes free to play, they'll you know inject a you know an expansion in there. Exactly to both you know to give their subscribers, hey, this is for you, and also to attract those new free to players, free to play players that are out there just waiting for the chance to jump in and take a bite out of the Star Wars IP. And I think, wow, I think this is a good. I just can't wait for this to happen. <laughs> I'm so Who's getting all I have so excited. many ideas buzzing to my head right now what this could be. I can't even get my thoughts straight. Well, speaking speaking of rumors, Star Wars Miniland might be might be a reality. The Force.net reported on a rumor Tuesday, September third, 
that a reliable source has told AttractionsMagazine.com that planning for a Star Wars area in the theme park Legoland might be in the works. Ooh, yeah. So you might have a, a little Lego Star Wars in your in your Lego land to nice. uh, to fiddle around with. All right. So Lou, what happens when Back to School comes in a galaxy far, far away? Well, as you all know, it is September, and for those at least back in the states, it's Back to School. <laughs> and the Star Wars blog over at StarWarsBlog.StarWars.com, they featured a few items of note for parents and kids gearing up for Back to School, Star Wars style. One post, which was part of three, that came just before the Labor Day weekend, reminded fans that seeing characters that inspire you can make the grueling experience of working hard through homework and classes that much better. And that there are many different forms of Star Wars stationery you can pick up for your little Padawan at home. <laughs> and, and for those who, who like the Star Wars IP, <clears throat> Liz. Indeed. <laughs> More importantly, though, this post was directed to children. It reminded kids that going back to school can be annoying, but can also be exciting, but also scary at the same time. It's got so much uncertainty that can be surrounded by the event. Yeah, you know, in the end, this is just an inspirational message to children, saying, "Good luck, and may the force be with you. Conquer those grades. Conquer those grades." Oh yeah, it's actually it's a really nice post. Um, if you have kids and you're and you're into Star Wars and and your kids are getting into Star Wars. You know, my my nephew loves loves Clone Wars, and um, I I forwarded the post over to uh, my sister, and she she loved it. And Cole really enjoyed. Oh, he's you know he's he's seven years old, so um, he needed a little he needed a little help with with some of the, some of the language in in the post. But he was very happy to sit down and read the whole thing, and he really enjoyed it. And he actually came away from the post excited that. He's going to be making new friends and coming up with new challenges and having that relate to some of the challenges that that he sees, you know, characters in Star Wars go through. So, so uh, it's it's a nice post. It's very cute. All right, the OXM report speaks with creative director of Star Wars thirteen thirteen, and the OXM report is basically the uh, the official Xbox magazine. Uh, Dominic Robilliard, the creative director of Star Wars 1313, was interviewed recently by the UK site of the OXM Report on what it's been like to help create the brand new game with award-winning members of the LucasArts team and the responsibility of carrying the beloved franchise forward. The video features some amazing cinematic and gameplay screenshots from the newly announced title. Now head over to oxm.co.uk and you can find the video entitled The Precious Responsibility of Star Wars 1313 which is up on their slider on the top of the homepage. Okay. Without any further ado we're going to start moving on to our new game guide which uh, we would like to uh, just once again thank, um, thank Patrick from the, uh, the Grievance Guild for uh, for supplying our our Hollownet game guide this week, he did uh, he did an excellent job with that, and uh, we uh, we applaud we applaud all of his all of his work because you know I remember him telling me that when he was uh, writing this this whole thing up that uh, he was extremely excited but he wasn't sure how it was going to come off. So uh, without further ado, game guide. You must learn the ways of the Force. 
And this week, this week, Patrick brings to us Soa, the final boss in Eight Man Eternity Vault. So I'll start taking you into this, and then Lou and I'll, you know, jump back and forth with you, and we will, we will describe to you how to down Soa. So, an eight man raid will only need one tank, but it's highly recommended to at least have an off tank who can taunt when necessary. A sage or a sorceress healer is required for the transitions between phases. Soa is a three-phase encounter with platforming transitions between the phases. Phase one begins at the top of the fight and lasts until he is below 75% health. Phase two runs from 75% to below 30%. And phase three is from 30% to the very end. Phase one. At the very start of the fight, Soa is shielded. DPS will be ineffective until his shield goes down for about 10 seconds. If Soa fires a bolt of lightning at one of the power sources around the arena, it will spawn a large green area of effect circle that the ranged DPS and healers must avoid. Otherwise, this phase for the fight is very straightforward. So Lou, what's what's going on with the transition? Tell us about tell us about the transition here. All right, the transition. That's going to happen when Soa's health ticks just below seventy five percent. He's going to shield himself again, and then he becomes immune to damage. Bastard! All raiders must immediately run to the outermost ring of the arena and gather at the westernmost point, which is going to be near where you drop down to start the fight. The center of the floor is going to fall away, so it's important. And the raid must drop as a group from platform to platform to make it to the next phase. Now, bear in mind, you are going to take fall damage along the way. But there are going to be natural pauses to heal on platforms 2 and 6. Sages and Sorks should drop their AoE heals on these platforms while the other healers, and all healers necessary, supplement spot heals amongst the raid. Along the way, ancient power sources are going to be killable on most platforms. Take time and destroy these while on the way down to remove these buffs from Soa. Now when the group reaches the next large platform, heal as fully as possible before Soa drops down and the next phase begins. Important tip, do not, do not shoot Soa before he drops down as he has been known to bug and remain in the air and at that point, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's a wipe at that point if he bugs. Um, but if he does not, you're in phase two. Three new, mich- uh, three new mechanics are added to the fight during the phase. Mind traps, lightning bolts, and force whirlwind. A mind trap will pull a random raider out of the fight and confine them in a small room. When a mind trap is active, all available DPS should focus their attacks on the trap. When it's destroyed, the raider is released and dropped off on a platform on the east side of the arena. It's possible that the main tank will get mine trapped. If so, the off tank must take aggro until the main tank returns to the fight. Now, lightning balls at this point will appear one at a time on story mode, but in pairs on higher difficulties. 
a notification will appear on the screen when lightning balls are about to be released, saying, Some person has been targeted by lightning. And once <laughs> once active, the lightning ball will slowly home in on its target. The people targeted by lightning balls must break off from the group, find their lightning, and detonate it by running into it. The lightning balls spawn at random locations around the perimeter of the arena. Look for red dots on the minimap to find them quickly. On hard or nightmare modes, it's imperative that you only run into the lightning targeting you. Ensure that target of target is part of your user interface. Raiders near a lightning ball will take tick damage every second and splash damage when it explodes, so stay clear. Soa's force cyclone attack will pick up a random raider and fling them around the room, dealing damage by smashing them into walls. There's really nothing to do but ride it out. Though, if the main tank is one flying, the off-tank must pick up aggro. The cyclone drops the raider off on the east side of the room, just like the mine traps did. While minding all of these mechanics, DPS who aren't otherwise occupied by dealing with the mine traps or lightning ball should be chipping away at Soa's health. Note that this is part of the fight that is not a DPS race. Focus on the mechanics and try to stay alive. When Soa's health hits 29%, he shields himself. Raiders must run to the outer ring and group to the west or east and another platforming transition begins. This transition is identical to the first. Drop from platform to flat platform. Heal on platforms 2 and 6. Kill ancient power sources as you go. If a few raiders get separated from the group, stuck to the east, excuse me, if a few raiders get separated from the group, stuck to the east while everyone else is to the west, for example, don't panic or waste time running around the ring. You can all meet up on the second platform. When you reach the lowest level, Soa drops down, and Phase 3 begins. Alright, and with Phase 3, now during this phase of the fight, Soho will be shielded almost the entire time. The main tank should be taunting to pick up Agro while everyone else leaves Soho alone. Mine traps and lightning balls still happen on this phase of the fight, so everyone but the main tank should focus on these while Soho is shielded. Now around every minute or so, a giant pyramidal pillar is going to break loose in the wall and start spinning in the air like a top. The tank must locate this pillar and kite Soa underneath it so that when it crashes to the ground, it hits Soa. If this is done successfully, Soa will drop to his knees and his shield will temporarily go down. And at this point, the raid is going to have 15 to 20 seconds to throw everything they've got at Soa. Ignore the mine traps, ignore the lightning balls before he shields himself again and stands back up. This process is going to be repeated until the raid wipes or until so is defeated. Now, if the main tank dies or is mine tramp, the off tank has to take over. So will enrage just prior to the fourth pillar drops. When so is enraged, the impact of the pillar drop will kill any raiders caught in the blast radius. But all is not lost. A combat res and an off tank or DPS with a taunt can keep the fight going for another few drops. And when he's defeated, Soa drops the following loot on hard and nightmare modes. He is going to drop a Ricotta energy node, which is a grade 7 purple crafting material, an unassembled 
Kalamai main hand weapon. He'll drop two of them. An unassembled Rakata chest piece. Again, he'll drop two of those. Rakata level armoring mods. And he will also drop an Exotech chest piece schematic, which can be used by the Synth Weaver armor, depending which schematic he drops. And this is a rare drop from him. A Dessler Avenger. All right. Now, um, this obviously tailored itself to to those who are her rating in the game. Um, for those of you out there who are not up to that point, um, but are still very brand new to the game, I have a quick little tip for you. Totally unrelated to to the uh, to the subject above. Um, first, I'd like to thank Patrick one more time. Thank you very much, Patrick. This was yes. very yes. very good stuff. Um, thank you to the Grievance Guild. You can find them on Candorous Ordo. You can find them at grievanceguild.com and uh, they are Republic on, on Candorous Ordo. Um, my tip that I, that I have for, for those who are new regarding your legacy, when you, when you have, when you have your legacy, okay, your class buff for your main character will translate down to other characters associated with your main character. So for example, in my legacy, my Jedi Knight, is my main character, okay? I also have a consular who is directly attached and is in the legacy is directly attached. When my consular activates her class buff, I get both the Jedi Knight and the Jedi Consular class buff, making her a much hardier character. And and as by extension, also the um, her companion as well, a much hardier character, which is great because they get my Jedi Knight, that my companion, who is my tanking companion, will actually get my Jedi Knight's tank buff. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lou, um, don't you have it to the point where you're actually getting all four class buffs on your characters? Yes, at this point, yes. I have four characters on the Imperial side of all four classes. So I'll get... So this is going to be for the Imperial side. I will get the the buff from the Sith Warrior class, the buff from the Sith Inquisitor class, the buff from the Imperial op- Agent class, and then the buff finally from the Bounty Hunter class. Now, across it, all, all across all my Imperial characters. Now, uh, I'm sorry, Ron, go ahead. Yeah, does it matter which way they're arranged in your legacy in order to get those buffs? No. As long as you have reached level 50 on that particular class... Any characters you have that are low level or 50 at that point, if you're playing, for example, if, if Varwin is a level 50 Jedi Guardian, okay, the Consular could be level 40 and you get the buff, you know, the Consular buff and the Jedi Knight buff. Okay. So it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter no. arrangement. It doesn't matter arrangement. But as long as you have – the important thing is that you have to have a character that's level 50 to get that class buff to the rest of your other characters. Okay. So keep that in mind when developing um, characters that you want to have long-standing inside your legacy, and also uh, keep in mind that that when you when you get a character up to up to level fifty, their race, if it's not available on the on the other faction, is unlocked. So keep that in mind too, because right now I have two Jedi Knights, and they're both um, you know one's a Miraluka, and the other is a uh, is a human. I would have liked to have had a Jedi Knight um, on as as a Sith as a you know as a Sith race. So I'm not too sure what I want to do with that, but um, you know, going forward, I I may have to 
you know, recreate that, 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 uh, alternate Jedi Knight so I can have that as a, as a Sith. So keep that in mind when, when you're making your legacy and your characters. Exactly. And then one more point I just wanted to add with the class buffs. Mm -hmm. Folks, don't worry. If you're like me and you focus primarily on one faction over the other, it doesn't matter because guess what? I have Republic characters as well and that transfers over as well. Yeah. So if, you have level 50 characters who are one faction. Say, for example, myself, Imperial faction. Whenever I play my Republic characters, I still get all those buffs, but translated for the Republic yeah. side. So now I get the Jedi Knight, Jedi Consular, the Smuggler, and the Republic Trooper buffs across all my characters now. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I went absolutely insane when I, uh, I used my Inquisitor. Uh, I turned my Inquisitor's class buff on, and I got I saw that I had the uh, the uh, Sith Warriors class buff on there, and I was wondering like I don't have a high level Sith War like what is that all about? And then I realized it transferred over from my Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Yes, that's one of the one of the best things I love about Legacy. How that carries over. All right, so uh, so there's your game guide. Um, we're gonna start closing the show out, guys. But we want to remind you of uh, all the awesome shows that we have right here on the Quest Gaming Network. Minecraft records. Minecraft off the record records Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Planetside off the record, which is now a weekly show, records Thursdays, Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Elder Scrolls off the record records Thursdays at 7 p.m. And Diablo off the record records Friday at 6 p.m. And don't forget, don't forget about Swotor Reforged. That's our Monday show recording live at 7 p.m. as well. Uh, we're also looking to get more hosts for uh, our community cast. So if you're interested in guest hosting on our QGN community cast, please send an email to QGNCommunity at gmail.com. Tell us your name. Specify if you're a legal adult or if you can provide con uh, parental consent and the names of any QGN hosts you would like to chat with. Parental consent is provided by a legal guardian speaking with the producer of our network and securing his okay. We'll try to arrange for you to be on the show at the same time as someone you've specified that you'd like to be with. All times stated above are Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. Lou, do we have any final thoughts? Yes, we do. We threw out... A ton of news out there. Yeah. There is a lot of great stuff coming our way. This has and, been a great week. I mean, like, it yeah. hasn't looked like a big news week, but, I mean, when you really look, it, it has been. It's been a great news week. Right. I mean, Bioware is out there. You know, they're, they're going out there, month conventions, letting their faces be known, talking to the fans, showing their faces, showing us teasers hmm. of what's coming up, and... You know, now with that post from uh, senior designer Austin Peckinpah saying, hey, 1.4 could be around the corner. Yeah, you that's know? very true. You know, we have the free-to-play transition coming up soon, you know, and now 1.4 coming up as well. There is a lot of stuff to tie us in and, and you know, just so much to look forward to in the next couple of months. Um, I'd like to say that I'm really excited about the uh, the social gear thing that came out today. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, to me like that that kind of makes it like worthwhile now because when when these events came out and there was social gear available or any social gear that's available in game. I always stop myself from really getting it because 
I always think to myself, well, if I get it on this character, I'm going to want to get it on the other characters, and it's more of a grind, and I don't know if I have time to do it. Now I can just say, oh, let me, you know, grind it out once, and then just swap it out, and you know, send it out to my other guys, and like, the, it's kind of like an incentive for me to actually get that social gear. Exactly. I mean, and it's there. You know, it it, it has some of the best looks in the game. Yeah. And now that it scales to whatever armor type you wear. Mm. It's like there. there's no reason why anyone should not do it. It's like, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a cool little thing to, to do. You know, if you're looking for stuff in-game, you know, let's say you're, you know, you're a hardcore raider and just, you know, you've pretty much cleared the content and you're waiting for uh, Terror from Beyond to come out. I, you know, it's a great it's a great thing to do. You know, uh, start, start uh, grinding out that social gear. All right, Lou, uh, take us out with how to reach us. All right, this is how you can reach us. We have a website www.swotorreforged.com That's S-W-T-O-R R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D dot com Oh, yeah, let me just let me just interrupt you real quick, Lou. Um, we're starting to now get opinion columns and um, the, the larger headlines and news posts are going to start coming onto our, our website you know, to make it more functional for you. All of our opinion columns and our news posts are being done by uh, Brian Armstrong, who's an absolutely amazing, amazing uh, reporter, gaming reporter. So, you know, thank you very much to Brian Armstrong for for lending us a hand this week. He's uh, new to new to the Swotor Reforged staff. Um, so, thank you very much, Brian, for for giving us a hand with that. So, all right, Lou, what's our portal site? Uh, our portal site. You can see us there at www.questgamingnetwork.com. We also have forums. Hey, come join over there. Join in on the discussions. And that's at www.questgamingcommunity.com. We have an email address, and that's swotorreforged at gmail.com. If Twitter's your thing, yes, we all have Twitters. <laughs> the show's Twitter is at swotorreforged. That's at S-W-T-O-R. R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D. Evarwin has a Twitter. He's at Evarwin. E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Hashtag Evarwin-E. <laughs> That's with a Y, folks, not an I. A Y. <laughs> I can be reached at GamerGuy. 11B. That's G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y 11B. Fred! Fred, who isn't here with us tonight? But he can be reached at... Sith Lord Korv, K-O-R-V. If you're into Facebook, we're also there. We have a presence on Facebook. You can click the Facebook button on our website at swotorreforged.com to like us and then automatically follow all of our updates. That's right. And uh, on the last show, on episode 10, we announced a epic video contest. Okay, the, uh, the judging for that contest and the announcement of the winner... Um, is actually going to be suspended. All right. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too happy with what's going on with our servers and the fact that these shows are just unavailable right now on iTunes and Zoom and and most of our listeners. We put a lot of work into these shows, and you know, for the last week and a half, almost a week now, it's it's been for nothing, um, which is kind of heartbreaking, but. <laughs> So until we can get that that whole thing figured out, all right. If you've been, if you listen to episode ten, we announced that we're we're going to do this. It's we have to suspend the contest. Um, the message just isn't getting out, and 
and there haven't been entries as a result. So we are going to do it. It's going to be the same contest. We're just going to announce it later on once these fixes happen. So, so, uh, hang in tight. And for those of you out there who have posted comments on our uh, website about, you know, what's going on, we, we do try and, uh, and update you as, as best as we can. And, and thank you for the comments. Uh, Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Good night, everyone. Glad you were here. See you all again next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.